Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Hi, everyone. Really good that you can join us today. I hope you've had a really good week. And as always, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you uh, today as part of Bayside and all that's happening at this uh, fantastic church here in Melbourne. Uh, as we entered this year, my prayer was that each of us would thrive this year, not just survive or get through or get by, but to thrive, that sense of flourishing and blossoming and, and seeing fruitfulness in our lives, despite the inevitable challenges and problems that may come our way. And so uh, I'm doing a, a bit of a series around this whole concept of thriving in life. Uh, in, in life, everything belongs. And in many ways, life is a little bit like an ecosystem. There's many components, many factors, and they all act on each other. And uh, so we've been looking uh, at five different connections or aspects of our life. Uh, you and God, you and your calling, you and yourself, you and people, and you and your work or vocation. And uh, each part contributes to the health of the whole. And the whole then affects each of those parts. And each of them are vital to you thriving and flourishing in life. And so back in early January, we did our first episode on you and God. Uh, this is so key to a life that thrives. And so we looked at uh, how our connection with God begins, just becoming aware of God. And hopefully you've had experiences with God or, or at least are looking for them maybe at this season in your life. And each of us have a different spiritual journey in finding and experiencing God. And then realizing that not only is there a God out there around us everywhere, but a, a God who loves us deeply just as we are. And we can have that sense of being a child that is deeply loved by God. And then back in February, we looked at you and your calling. Uh, you're not only saved to go to heaven one day, but you have a calling. You have a contribution right here, right now on planet Earth. And so we spent some time talking about discovering your unique life purpose. When God made you, he smashed the mold. Um, you are unique. There's no one just like you. And so you have a unique contribution. And so if you missed those messages, there are podcasts available. I encourage you to catch up with part one and part two of this series. Today, we're going to move on to this third part of our ecosystem, you and yourself. It might sound a little funny, but you and yourself is you and the person in the mirror. Um, you, uh, the, the, the person you live with every day is, is you and your relationship with yourself is actually really vital, really critical to, to thriving in life because in many, way, in many ways, life is lived inside out. And so how are you getting on with yourself? You know, many, many years ago, the great Greek philosopher Socrates said, know thyself. You know, we can spend all of our life trying to answer all the mysteries of the world and the universe but it starts right here. Know yourself. Who, who are you? Um, what's, what's happening on the inside of you? Jesus took this a little further. And uh, one of the great commandments he gave was not only to love God, but to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, we talk a lot about loving God and loving neighbor. And they are the two great commandments. But there's an assumption there, I believe, that Jesus is making that if we want to love God and if we want to love people, it starts with actually loving and accepting ourselves. We're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we, we don't love ourselves, if we're um, struggling with our own confidence and identity, it's going to be pretty difficult to love other people because there's nothing to overflow. So 
Um, loving yourself, getting along with yourself is, is so key. And that's what we want to talk about today. In order to thrive, I think it's really important that you have a good or a healthy relationship with yourself. And, and look, we could talk a lot, a lot about this today. I'm just going to look at four aspects of you and yourself. We're going to look at self-acceptance. We're going to look at confidence. We're going to talk a little bit about integrity. And then we're going to talk about optimism or hope uh, in our time together. Just a couple of minutes. This is a little bit like a buffet or a yum char if you're Asian. Uh, a couple of dishes and a few minutes on each one. Self-acceptance. Let's start there. When we talk about you and yourself, um, what, what do you think or feel about yourself? Romans 15 verse 7, Paul said, accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. Uh, that, that, that's really powerful. Accept other people as Christ has accepted us. I think we could add to that. Accept yourself as Christ has accepted you. And as you know, God's love for us is not based on our performance. It's not based on us being perfect or having it all together, just as we are with our imperfections, with our dysfunctions, with our challenges. Uh, God loves us. And so what about you today? Do you accept yourself <laughs> just as you are? Uh, you're on a journey. You're not perfect. You don't have it all together and neither do I. But can you accept yourself just as God accepts you? It's so really, really important that we learn to just accept uh, who we are. Our psychologists tell us we all have a self-concept, uh, the concept or the the thoughts we have about ourselves. And that self-concept is made up of three things. We, we have a self-ideal. Uh, this is this kind of image or picture we have of the person we'd like to be. And that can be influenced by our background, our friends, our heroes, our mentors. We all have a self-ideal, this person we're aspiring to be. And then we all have a self-image, which is how we see ourselves today. So we might want to be this, but we actually, well, I'm here. And our self-image is how we view ourselves at this given moment in time. And then our self-esteem is how we're feeling about ourselves. And if there's a really big gap between our ideal and how we're seeing ourselves, then we're going to have really low self-esteem. We're going to be negative on ourselves. We're going to be talking to ourselves in a, in a negative way where we're down on ourselves. Or if there's a closer gap, here's our ideal and we feel we're doing a little bit better, then we're going to have higher self-esteem. We're going to feel better about ourselves. And so what about you today? It's not about, you know, uh, waiting till you're perfect. Uh, it's not about uh, waiting for you to achieve that self-image ideal that you have. Uh, what about where you are today? Learn to be honest with yourself. I'm not perfect. I'm on a journey. I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I want to be. But I'm, I'm willing to accept myself that uh, I'm making progress, that I'm doing better. And, you know, when you accept yourself, when you feel secure in yourself, then it affects all of our relationships because uh, you're not always comparing yourself with others. You know, comparison kills contentment. If you're always comparing yourself to someone else, then it's easy to get down on yourself. And so I want to encourage you today. Um, none of us are perfect. None of us, none of us have it all together. We're all a work in progress. But learning just to accept ourselves, just like we accept others, is a really important part of thriving. A second aspect we want to talk about today is something called confidence. Uh, confidence is also vital if we're going to thrive in life. Uh, the Apostle Paul, again, in Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ 
who gives me strength. That, that's a pretty, pretty confident statement. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <clears throat> you know, his immediate context when he's writing this letter of Philippians from the New Testament, he's actually in prison. In fact, if you read the letter right through, he talks about his chains uh, three or four times. So he's in prison. He's not sure if he's going to get out. I mean, he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't um, understood his future yet. He's not sure he'll get out. He's financially in lack right now. He's actually got some, some financial needs. And yet here's this contentment, this peace, and this confidence. Despite the circumstances he's in, he's going, I, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, his broader life outside of his immediate context is he's actually been in prison multiple times. Um, he's faced death, he's been whipped, he's been beaten, he's been stoned with real stones, um, he's been shipwrecked a couple of times, he's known what it is to be exhausted, to be hungry, to be thirsty, and he carries the daily burden of all the churches that he's looking after. So all that to say, Paul's life wasn't easy on the outside. He had a lot of pressure, a lot of stress um, in his world, and yet inside there's not only this self-acceptance, but there's this sense of confidence that, yep, I'm up for the challenge. And so, you know, the truth is we all have scripts that we live by, just like a computer has a program. You might be a Windows user or an Apple user, iOS. You might have an iPhone or a Samsung or a Nokia or whatever other brand you may be into. Every device has an operating system. And in the same way, we all have an internal operating system. These, these are the scripts that we live by. It's the story we're telling ourselves about God, about life, about people, and about ourselves. Paul's script, his operating system, as it were, was one of godly confidence. I can do all things, that's confidence, through or because of Christ who strengthens me. That's the dependence part. And, and it's a wonderful example of the confidence that you and I can have today. You know, many of you have heard my story before. I didn't start out with confidence. Here's a photo of me coming up right now from school. Uh, there I am. Some of you are having a good laugh. I can hear you right now laughing at me. But let's get your school photo out. Come on. We can laugh together as we look back at maybe what we looked like growing up. Here's me. I, I had bright red hair, freckles, big ears. Um, you know, I, I was a pretty shy kid. My face would turn red really easily. I was the opposite of someone confident. And so for me, it was a journey of growing from this insecurity, inferiority to getting a script, changing the script, reprogramming my internal narrative to, to, to be a confident person. And in fact, my whole life, my whole journey has been one of continually moving away from fear and insecurity uh, and moving towards a confidence uh, in who I can be in God, what I can do with his help and with his strength. You know, some people are just born with confidence. Uh, for most of us, it's something we have to learn and develop. Uh, I remember my daughter, Natasha, when she was younger, I was leading a large church and I had a, a secretary assistant named Sue. And one day, Natasha was waiting in my office and uh, um, she did a bit of sorting out on my desk and, and did a few things. I said, hey, great job, Tash. Maybe you can do Sue's job one day. And, we, you know, without... Without a beat, she said, well, what about your job, Dad? <laughs> the confidence was just there. Of course, she's 32 now and isn't really interested in uh, being a pastor of a large church. But, you know, often as kids, you know, there's a sense of confidence. Unfortunately, life can often knock that out of us and we can lose that sense of 
confidence. So of course, we don't want to be overconfident, uh, which leads to arrogance, and we kind of set ourselves up for a fall or for failure. Um, we don't want to allow that to happen. And the truth is, confidence is not permanent. Uh, you know, you can lose your confidence in a moment, or you can gain your confidence. I wonder what your confidence level is right now. And if it's low, I wonder what's knocked that. Has it been a criticism or maybe a failure or a disappointment? There's lots of things that can knock our confidence. Um, we can also regain our confidence, um, learning to see ourselves as God sees us, um, learning things. You know, it's, it's been said it's easy when you know how. You know, sometimes you watch someone do something, you go, oh, I could never do that. Well, they've taken the time to learn how to do that. And maybe, maybe it's a time for you to learn some new things. Uh, we can gain confidence through encouragement. That's what I love about church. Church is a place where we can encourage, put courage, put confidence into each other. And, of course, we can trust God um, and gain some experience along the way. Uh, you know, we often see people do well in something and we don't see the journey they've taken. Everyone knows the story of David and Goliath. What a great Bible story. David defeated Goliath. But you know what? Before he defeated Goliath, he killed a lion and he killed a bear. When no one was around, no one was applauding, he was learning to use that slingshot. In other words, he had some small victories before that great victory. And so maybe for you, it's just a small number of victories right now that will start to build some confidence for you. And so today we're talking about thriving in life. And that includes you and yourself. Uh, Self-acceptance, just accepting who we are as we are right now, a work in progress. Uh, confidence, how's your confidence today? Uh, another thing I want to talk about today is integrity. Integrity is an integration between who I am on the outside, my public persona or image, and who I am on the inside when no one's looking. Uh, when there's integrity in a person's life, then the outside matches the inside. There's no gap there. And so this is really, really important because when there's a lack of integrity, it actually creates stress in our life. In fact, years ago, the Gallup organization did a study of the major causes of stress in people's lives. And they found that uh, the major cause was something called incongruence. Incongruence is when there's a gap between what I say I value or believe and how I'm living my life. And so, for instance, you ask a person, hey, do you value your health? Yeah, my health is really important to me. Well, um, you know, do you exercise? Do you watch what you eat? Do you rest? Do you take time off? Well, it's been busy lately, but I value my health. <laughs> See, there's a gap there. Or, or, hey, I value my family. My family is really important to me. Well, do you spend time with your family? Do you, do you take your spouse on a date or your kids? Do you take holidays? Oh, look, I've uh, been a bit crazy, but I value my family. Oh, or I value God. You value God? Great, great. Do you, do you talk to God? We take time to reflect or uh, engage and encounter God. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I value church. Yeah, church is really important. Well, you know, are you part of a church committee? Are you involved? Are you connected? Are you contributing? In other words, it's easy to spout a value or verbalize it. But if my life doesn't match what I'm saying, then that leads to incongruence. And that is one of the greatest causes of stress in people's lives. And so this is not about moralism or perfection, but it's about endeavoring to live the life that we uh, proclaim. Uh, you know, Paul says in Acts 24, 16, I strive always to keep a clear conscience between God and people. What's he saying? Uh, every day when I go to bed, 
I'm endeavoring to finish the day with no unresolved issues. In other words, if I've offended God, if I've offended someone, I've endeavored to make it right. So my conscience is clear. What a wonderful way to live life is bridging that integrity gap. And so I just want to encourage you today. Um, you know, we look at some of the scandals and some of the big stories. You know, it's never a fall. It's always a slide. My dad used to say, what you build with your charisma, you can destroy through lack of character overnight. And so sometimes we can see uh, things take place and wonder what happened. Well, there's just been a gradual integrity gap between what a person's preaching or projecting and how they're living their life. And before you know it, uh, there can be some calamity, some catastrophe around that. And so as I think about me and myself, you and yourself, how's your integrity? Uh, how's the... How's the connection or the integration between what you're projecting and who you are when no one's looking? And maybe the Holy Spirit is just putting his finger on one or two areas that are starting to slip a little bit. And uh, it's, it's a chance to address those and not let them become a bigger issue than they already are. Final thought today is in the area of optimism or hope. It's another big part of you and yourself. Um, what is your outlook for today? For the future. Is it one of hope and optimism? Uh, I love Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And so as we think about you and your inner world, accepting yourself, uh, having a godly confidence, living in integrity, also living a life of hope. Uh, you know, sadly today we have an epidemic of hopelessness. Depression is on the rise, anxiety is on the rise, suicide is, is way too rampant. And so there's a lot of hopelessness in our world today. And a lot of this is affected by the environment, but many, many, in many ways, life is lived inside out. And so what's happening on the inside of us affects how we think, how we feel, how we behave in our life. Now, most of us have heard of pessimists and optimists, two, two different types of personalities, although none of us are strictly one or the other. Martin Seligman uh, says that those who have more of a pessimistic approach to life tend to see things as permanent rather than temporary. They see things as pervasive rather than an isolated situation. And they see things personally. They blame themselves rather than realize there's lots of contributing factors to any situation. And so the challenge for us internally is to ask ourselves, am I continually pessimistic? Do I have a negative outlook on everything that happens in my life? Or am I developing more of an optimistic, hope-filled approach to life? And, and this requires us to do some mind renewal. And I love these ABCs of mind renewal. A, adversity. Adversity comes into all our life. B is the beliefs, what we think about that adversity and then C are the consequences. Notice that the consequences don't come from the adversity. They come from our beliefs about that adversity. And so it's not always what's happening to us. It's what we're believing about what happens to us that gives us the feelings and the behaviors we have. And so we need to learn to dispute our beliefs and make sure that they're correct. Yeah, for example, letter A, your friend doesn't return your phone call. Adversity. Uh, you could believe they don't like me anymore. Maybe they're upset with me. What will be the consequences? You'll probably have a pretty down day. 
and maybe you'll be a little depressed for the day. Well, what if the same thing happens? Your friend doesn't return your call. Instead of believing that, you think, well, they're probably busy today. I'm sure they'll get back with me. What are the consequences? Well, you won't have a bad day. Notice that it's not the adversity. It's what we're believing about it. As a teenager, my first driving test, I failed. <laughs> adversity. Now, I could have believed that I'll never drive uh, I'm a failure, I'm an idiot, and what would have been the consequences? Well, I would have got depressed and down and uh, be taking public transport for the rest of my life. But what did I do? No, my belief was, well, I failed. I, I um, didn't indicate when they said pull over. When I got on the freeway, I only went 80 kilometers instead of 100. I went too slow. No, I, my beliefs were, you know what, um, I, I learned from that. I can indicate, I can drive faster. <laughs> In fact, probably been driving a little bit too fast. And I went back and I got my license. So it's not always what's happening to you, it's your beliefs about what is happening to you that determine the consequences in your life. And so we have to learn to dispute our beliefs. And if we're starting to develop a negative explanatory style, hopefully we can renew our mind and become more hope-filled. Uh, that's my prayer for you today. And so as, as we wrap this up, uh, thriving in life includes you and God, you and your calling, you and yourself. When you look in the mirror, that's you. And how are you going with you today? Uh, maybe the thought for you today is just to accept yourself as Christ accepts you. Maybe you're always negative, always down on yourself. Uh, I, I pray you'll be able to just find a place of loving others as you love yourself. <laughs> we love other people not because they're perfect, because they're made in the image of God. And so are you. Maybe there's a little bit of self-love to throw your way today. What about your confidence? How's that going? Has that had a knock lately? I pray that God would strengthen your confidence today. Your integrity is a little bit of a gap, a bit of slippage there. Uh, listen to those early warning signs of your conscience. And finally, I pray that you would have a hope-filled life, regardless of what's happening around about you, that God would fill you with hope today. Let's pray. Uh, God, thank you today that your will for all of us is that we would thrive. Yes, there are the seasons of life, summer, winter, autumn, uh, spring. The, the seasons come and go, but through it all, you're wanting us to thrive and be fruitful. And so I pray for each person uh, listening today that whatever the Holy Spirit spoke to them, that they'll respond, that they'll do something about the message. And as a result, our lives will truly thrive. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.